I'm only going to preach for a little bit today, I promise. Uh, but I wanted to, to, put, to give you what I felt like the Lord had laid in my heart. We don't have the, uh, uh, I think I gave him the scriptures, but I don't have notes for you or anything like that. But I want to just encourage you today, and I want to speak what the Lord's given to, to me. It's been a, a week of busyness. Uh, but you know what? Even in the midst of what we're doing, God can speak and give you truths. Amen? And uh, today, I feel like the Lord's given me something that I felt is appropriate and timely for where we're at and what God is doing. Second Kings, the fourth chapter, verses 8 through 10. Second Kings, chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Just want to look at this real quickly. It says, now it happened one day that Elisha, everybody say Elisha, Elisha. went to Shunem, which is a place where there, uh, where there was a great no, notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to get some food. She was a good cook, apparently. She said, I think I'll, it's, it's kind of like I used to plan all my trips to Hamilton, Alabama to pass through Sykeston about lunchtime, you know, yeah. just happens. But anyway, he says, let's, let's turn in here and get some food. And so she said to her husband, look, I know this is a holy man of God, and he passes by here regularly. So come on, let's make a small room on the wall, and let's put a bed in there for him, and a table, and a chair, a lampstand, so it'll be that whenever he comes to us, he can just turn in there and stay. Lord, let your anointing rest upon this word today in Jesus' name. If I could give you, I, I couldn't figure out which title I wanted to use this morning, but it would either be this, making room for miracles or making room for the supernatural. Making room for miracles or making room for the supernatural. It was about a month ago, five weeks ago, on the 2nd of February, um, we talked about, I uh, was preaching on faith, and that um, the Bible says that God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, and he's given us all these things, and they are in a spiritual dimension, or blessed us with all heavenly uh, blessings in heavenly places. Paul said that, and Peter both said that. And talking about those places where they're at, in other words, everything that you have need of, everything that you have need of now or will have need of, has already been prepared for you, and he's blessed us, and there's this dimension there, if you will, in heavenly places where we can draw out of it. It's like an account that as we need it, we take hold of it. And it's a place of, it's called, I would say it's the realm of faith. The realm of faith. Jesus said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. That means that everything is possible in that dimension if we can have faith for it. And that's what gets in the way. Is our, it's not that God doesn't want to bless us. It's our inability to, to, to grab hold of that. And so I've been, over the, next, over the last several weeks, trying to get us into a dimension of faith 
that can do powerful things. And then I, I shared how it's a dimension of dominion. In the faith zone, in that dominion there, I mean in that realm, it has dominion over everything. All the world was created. All the material things have been created from nothing that came out of there. So what is unseen has dominion over the things that are seen. And so if we can begin to look at that, uh, it'll change how we live our life and what we can see taking place. I said that it was when, that, when, we're, in, when we're in that zone, the unusual things happen, right? The uncommon things happen. The unexpected things happen when we begin to draw from that realm of faith. The unpredictable happens when we're there. Remember the story when Jesus uh, was preaching and he was in a house and the place had filled to capacity and there was people sitting outside and looking in the windows and it was so crowded that no one could get in there but four guys had faith that their, their friend who was uh, paralytic was going to get healed. And when they couldn't find a way in, when nobody would move and give up their spot, they climbed on the roof, took off the tiles and began to lower him into the presence of Jesus. And the Lord was amazed by their faith. That they had reached into that realm of faith and that, dimi that dimension of dominion that said, by faith, he's going to be made whole. And Jesus healed him. And then people looked around, they said, wow, we've seen some strange things today. You know? Wouldn't you like to go home and they say, well, how was church today? Man, it was strange. <laughs> right? It was strange, which it was a few weeks ago. It was strange. We didn't know what to do. I mean, all you could do is just the presence of God was so strong, you just wanted to bow and just fall on your face. Nobody had to orchestrate anything. Nobody had to do anything. It was just the presence of God, the weightiness of God had just stepped in on us. And I think that's the way church ought to be. That unusual things take place. Unexpected things take place. And not just church, our whole life should be like that. Every day, things that seem to be common, all of a sudden something uncommon happens. Unpredictable, unexpected, unplanned, unusual things. And the more we get to understand the dimension of faith, the more that can happen for us. So that was on the 5th of February, and three days later, some unusual things began to take place at Wilmore, Kentucky. You remember that? It was a typical chapel service. Typical, the guy stands up there and preaches. The uh, professor gives this message, and it was a good message. But it certainly didn't, uh, when you look at it, it was not like one of those you say, no wonder revival broke out of there. All he did was say, man, if, you're wanting to, if you want prayer, I'll be glad to pray with you. If you've got things in your life, some things that are holding, you know, just little things that are holding you back, I'll be glad to pray with you. And 19 students stayed and prayed, and with the hours, hundreds were in there. Amen. And then, within two weeks, hundreds, thousand people went to that place that they might get into Wilmore yeah. and couldn't get in yeah. because of the, uh, the logistics of it all. God had done something mm -hmm. unusual. I think that God is up to something. When we were singing that song, Turn It Around, He is up to something. Yes, he, is. he is up to something right now. right now. Whether you see it, whether you can put your finger, all I can say is God's up to something. 
two and a half weeks later, a film was released, The Jesus Revolution. We went to see it on a Sunday, two weeks, was that two weeks ago today? I think so. In the two weeks that it was out, and note that it's now in its third week. It's been held over for three weeks, three weeks down in Granite City. They were just going to try it and see how it goes. See how it goes. But domestically, worldwide, actually, it's getting uh, uh, screenplay. But in two weeks, it grossed $30.5 million. Now listen to this. Better than five of this year's Best Picture nominees. (laughs) This little Jesus film. (laughs) Better than five of the Best Picture nominees. And better than four of them combined together. These are the best films here. Well, that doesn't even, you can't even add up to get more than what God did through this one. Isn't that great? Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. I encourage you to go see it. Take somebody with you. See it again. It's good. There's another movie that came out this past week called Southern Gospel, which is a good one too. There's another movie coming out tomorrow night. It's a documentary movie in in select theaters uh, for one night, and I forgot to look and see if it was playing at Edwardsville, but it's called Come Out in the Name of Jesus. And it's dealing with, uh, it's a documentary film dealing with deliverance. How many of you know, I believe that God's been setting people up for salvation, and then he's been setting them up to get deliverance. Are you with me? People don't realize they need deliverance. And then, the week of Easter, week before Easter, April the 7th, there's another movie that's being released. I think there's actually a couple of more on, uh, in there too, but I've missed them. I can't think of them. But with Dennis Quaid, uh, it's called On a Wing and a Prayer. Yeah. So I believe that God's doing something. He's doing something that the world is taking note of, that Hollywood's looking around and says, maybe we don't have to do all this kind of stuff that we've been trying to do. Right. Are you with me? God's up to something. I've got to move on. I shared with you how repentance precedes revival. We all want revival, but it doesn't happen unless there's repentance. That's that's how it happens. 2 Chronicles Chronicles 7.14 If my people will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive them of their sin, and heal their land. Then I'll give them revival. I'll restore to them. Jesus made it Common, there's two types of people that receive from him. You know what they are? Those who are hungry and those who are thirsty. Until you get to that place of hungering and thirsting for some, something more. And the beautiful thing about it was back 50 years ago when this was taking place in the Jesus movement, is kids, had, they were hungry and thirsty. The people who were in the pews didn't understand. You know, they, they were satisfied. But these kids had been out and done everything, tried everything. And found out that it was nothing until they met Jesus. They were hungering and thirsting. Jesus said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. It's the way it works. I believe anybody can have revival if they want to draw near to him. All right? It's been noted that there are two hindrances that take place. Number one is sin. Number two is our plans, our personal life, priority, sins. Jesus says if you regard iniquity within your heart, uh, 
that your prayers aren't even heard unless you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Like we said today, God, I'm sorry. If I've made it my agenda, I'm sorry. If there's another song, Lord, I genuinely mean I'm sorry. Take me back to that place. Get rid of the sin and submit yourself, your plans, everything unto God. This happens in, in churches. This happens in homes. This happens in our lives. It, it can happen in a nation. I believe this. Amen. And so I believe that, uh, so this past week as I'm, I'm doing the things that, that uh, getting things, ever, things that had to be repaired, things that had to be renewed, and then there were some things that had to be removed. All right? So, you know, we, we took care of those things that had to be repaired, renewed the things, make it look fresh and new. And there were some things that we just had to remove. That's what we have a dumpster for. Right? Get rid of some stuff. Hanging on to stuff. A lot of people hang on to hurts, habits, and hang-ups. They hang on to it. Get rid of it. It's not worth it. Hold, quit hanging on to that grudge. Throw it away. Get rid of it. It doesn't matter who did what to whom and all that stuff and how bad somebody, <laughs> somebody done me another somebody wrong song. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's just get rid of it and let God. Amen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So what I found, and I want to illustrate this in this story today, in this, it, actually it's a, it, it is, is history, not just a story. But it, there's a woman who makes a difference here, so we'll just call it herstory. Instead of history, it's herstory, okay? And this is, was this National Woman's Day? A week, month? Am I right? International Woman's Month. Well, this woman made a difference. That's the other 11. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Her story. I found oftentimes that, that sometimes the things we try and do to get God to do something, you know what? He doesn't operate by manipulation. He does operate through preparation, but not manipulation. You can't get God to do, you can't make God do something. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. He can show uh, mercy upon whom he desires to show mercy. He can do whatever, but there is an element of preparation for what we want God to do. Are you listening? And God does that. He recognizes preparation, and he moves. So in this story here, her story, it happened one day that Elisha came to Shunem, and there, he, there was this great notable woman. The word notable meant great. Uh, she was a woman of means. She and her husband, they had, uh, they had obviously some ability, and they were generous with what they had. They were free givers and, and wanted to help and show hospitality. And she was not only a great woman uh, by what she had been blessed with, but she had great perception. And her perception led her to reception. She wanted to do something to, to offer to this man of God that would pass through the area. And so she had made a meal. And they sat down and they ate with it. He enjoyed it. And uh, after that, she says to her husband, she says, you know what? I know this guy is a man of God. 
he's obviously got miracles that are happening. I heard that where he was at just before he came here, there was a widow there who had a couple of sons and uh, no husband. Her husband was a prophet, but they had a great huge amount of debt and all they had was one little, one little bottle of oil and that jar of oil kept pouring and pouring and pouring. Her sons had to go out into all the neighbors and get some vessels and, and, and jars and containers and bring it in there and they kept pouring. That thing never did stop. And as a result of it not stopping, she sold all the oil, paid off her debt, and then had a blessing. This guy is a man of God. And I think we ought to do something for him. And so in verse 10, it says, let's make a small upper room on the wall. Let's make a small upper room on the wall. Now I'm going to look at these things in, in the natural of what they represent but this upper room I believe that we can understand that we know what happens in an upper room Jesus says I want you to go uh, to the upper room that we've prepared for you and I want you to tarry there and he didn't give him a time he didn't say I want you to meet on Tuesday night from 8 30 to 9 30 he didn't give us he says I want you to go there and I want you to pray until until they didn't have a start time. They didn't have a finish time. We're just going to pray until we are endued with power from on high. I like Judy Jacobs. She's been here before, but uh, I think she wrote a book, What's the Devil Going to Do with Until? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what can the devil do with until? Because he knows the clock is not going to run out on until. And then when the until is fulfilled, they're going to be endued with power. And it's about time that we as individuals, I believe that he moves in churches, he moves in gatherings and places when people say, I'm here till the until. Yeah. That was a shouting point right there. I need to get one of those things, applause, applause, amen. Well, there goes the water. <laughs> I need to throw in the towel. I haven't had enough sleep, neither of you. <laughs> oh, the upper room represented prayer and praise. That's what the, they did in the upper room. They got alone with God. There was 120 of them. But I'm telling you what, you can do it in your car. You can do it in your home. You get together and you just start worshiping God, praying and praising God in that place. She says, I want to make a, a place for him. I want to get, build a place on the wall, and I don't have time to explain all that, but on the wall means that they, they were, their home was built in a cleft there, and there was a wall that was gathered there. It was like an upper room. The attic was built on top of what the structure was. And that was a place. And I see in the scriptures, Psalm 22, 3, that Bible says that God is holy, and he is enthroned by the praises of his people. You see, if you want something to take place, if you want to make room for the miraculous and the supernatural, you've got to prepare a place for it. And that comes through prayer and praising God. And he is inhabited with the praises of his people. And just like Elisha, when God moves and he sees people praying and seeking and praising God, they don't have to, they don't have, to have anything going on. They're just praising God, whether there's music or not. Whether there's anything going on, I just thank you, God. You're so good to me. And when we start praising God, it's like a magnet to him. And he says, I'm going to go and I'm going to inhabit that place. 
Oh, that this would be a place of habitation of the glory of God. Amen. Amen. And then she says, in this place that we're preparing, that we've made room for what... Go ahead. I'll step over here. (laughs) Thank you, Garner. While I'm at it, Garner is going to be doing the thing again this year in April. Every Sunday in April, 10% of the proceeds from Dairy Bar helps us out with our outreach. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Garner. You can eat ice cream before then, but just letting you know, April. <laughs> and she says, you know what? If he's going to be here, he's going to need a place to lay down. He needs a place to rest. And so anyway, they put a, a cot or a bed in there, a place of rest. And, and what that symbolizes to me, let me get my, my scripture. Did you get that scripture? Were you able to get that one? Let me read that. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He's desired it for his dwelling place. This is what God said. This is my resting place forever. Here I'm going to dwell for I have desired. How many of you know that God's desired a place where he could make and call his resting place? Amen. Verse 15. I will abundantly bless her provision. I'll bless the house that allows me to have a place of rest. Amen. I'll bless her provision i'll satisfy her poor with bread she'll be an outreach i will also clothe her priest with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy that's the kind of sound that happens in the place of god's rest verse 17 he says and there i'm going to make the horn of david grow in other words the governmental authoritative anointing of god will be there and i will prepare a lamp for my anointing his enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon his self, himself his crown shall flourish. Hallelujah. So I believe that what we see in the scripture there, building a place for God to make, uh, making room for miracles, is a place where he can be praised and he enthrones in it, a place where he finds a place of rest. He talks about Zion being that place of rest. And it says, if you understand what Zion was, it was a place, but it represented holiness and worship the, the 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 city of the lord the the city of david was a it was a fortress it was a uh, a safety a safe haven it was a refuge it was a place of blessing and salvation of blessing and salvation he says whoever whatever whoever individuals desire to be a resting place which that's what we're supposed to be and whoever corporately believes that I can bring salvation and blessing, and they gather together in holiness and worship, it will be a strong refuge from them, and the enemy is not going to be able to attack them. How many of you would like to be in a refuge like that? Amen? That's what she was making. And she says, let's put a little table inside of there. You know what you do at a table. You, have, you, you eat, you partake of something. Or Let's say that represents communion that we have with God Almighty. Communion. Not only with him, but with one another. A communion. Fellowship and relationship. People who dare to spend time in building a relationship with God, who it's not just a certain amount of time, or I did this, or I attended church today, and because I did that, I don't have to do that. No, they want a relationship. I want a relationship that, sit, that, that, that God's with me wherever I am, and that I can make, know his presence is there. 
We were eating the other night with someone, and I sit there talking about the presence of God. I can't help but weep. I, for weeks, I, things just, I just, there I go again. Since the presence of God, it's like that relationship. And I'm not putting myself in a position. I'm just saying his presence is being, it's, he's manifesting his presence. Amen? Let's put a table there. And let's, let's, let's put a chair or a stool. And you know what that represents is it, that word that was used for the stool or the chair, depending on your translation, also means throne. Let, let's put a throne in there. Let's let God be seated upon the throne of our home. You see, that means he is an authority. He's the one who tells us. We don't try and persuade him to do what we want to do. We get in line with what he's doing. We come into alignment with the authority of God and get under his authority. Submission to God Almighty. That's the kind of house that God sends revival to. Are you with me? One that's got an upper room of prayer and praise. One that's got a resting place for the uh, for the, uh, a place of refuge. One that has communion and fellowship with God, and one whom God is seated upon the throne, and we submit to Him. And lastly, he sa she says, "Let's put a lampstand in there." Of course, we see the word lampstand is used uh, in the Book of Revelation as the word or the lampstands. It's a church, but it, the word is, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet." and a light unto my path. If you want to be a place of revival, the word has got to be in a place there. His word has got to be important. I, I love the feeling. I love the experience of God. I love the, all the emotions. I love all that. But aside from all that, I love the word of God. The word of, are, you, are you with me? The word of God is first and foremost. And in this place, in that house, there's illumination. There's a pre, uh, prophetic revelation. I pray that we're that house. I pray that we're that house, that we're not just somebody that gives you a little something, something, so that you can go out here and say you went to church. I pray that God brings illumination to your life so that when you go out here, from here, you can be a history maker. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So she did all this in preparation for him coming, but she didn't know what all was going to entail. So real quickly, I'm going to tell you this. This is what happens. So, the prophet, Elisha, says, you know what? He says to his servant, you know what? Man, this couple has been so good to us. This, this lady, their, their care for us has been great. They've given us a place. They've given us a bed, a table, a chair, lampstand, food. They've been so good for us. What, what could we do for them? How many of you would like for God to go, man, that church is... They've, they really go out making a place, making me welcome. What can I do for them? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Amen. What can we do for them? He says, tells his servant, go, go ask her what we could do. She said, no, it's all good. It's all good. It's well. Everything's well. We're, we're fine. And so anyway, he tells, her, he tells Elisha that. He says, no, there's, there's something there. She goes, he goes, well, they don't have any children. They, they don't have a son. They, you know, I think that would be something that would be, you know, I don't know about you, but I'd be thinking like, well, I, mean, I meant like a box of chocolates or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a tall order, especially when he said, and her, you know, her husband's he's aged. They don't have any children. 
And so anyway, he says, tell her, come here. So she comes there. He says, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be embracing a boy. She said, don't tell me that. No, you don't understand. You don't understand. He said, oh, yeah, we're going to have a boy. So a year later, that next year, she has a baby. The prophet still keeps coming back and forth when he's going through and, and everything. This child is growing in the next couple of verses. He's grown to be a young boy who likes to be around his dad. His dad's out farming and plowing out in the field, and the boy's out there, and he gets sick and high fever. And so the dad takes him in his arms, and he runs him uh, back to the house to his wife, he says, here, he's sick. You, you need to take care of him. He didn't realize the severity of it. He leaves, it, leaves the child, child with his wife. And there she is sitting with her, her blessing that God's blessed her with, and she's holding him. And all of a sudden, there's no life in this child. He stops breathing. So she takes him. <laughs> this is what I love. She takes him to the bed that she had prepared as a place of refuge, safety, and rest. She says, I'm not going to be disturbed by this. I'm not going to let the confusion, the chaos, the calamity, I'm not going to get, the wor I'm not going to get frustrated about this. I'm going to be in a place of rest, and I commit my son to this place of rest, and she lays him on the, the bed that this man of God has been sleeping in. And so she goes out. She tells her husband, she says, get me a donkey and a servant. i got to go. He says, where are you, where are you going? She says, it's okay, I'm just going. So he go, she, she takes off, and in the distance, the prophet sees her coming, and he goes, that's the woman. That's the woman with the house. What's up? And he sends his servant out there to find out what's happening. He goes up there, and, she, and the servant asks her, she sa uh, asks her, she says, it's okay. He goes, well, the prophet wants to know, are you okay? Your husband okay? How about the child? Is he okay? She goes, it's well. I've already put him in that place of rest, and I'm not going to let that disrupt me. You know what? Sometimes you can't tell everything to everybody. Sometimes you've got to hold that prayer request to yourself or to even to someone else. You don't have to tell everybody because some people don't have the same faith you do. Are you with me? Sometimes you just got to sit in that rest and say, this is just something. And we call them what sometimes unspoken requests. <laughs> and so anyway, she wanted to see Elijah, Elisha. Elisha gave Gehazi a staff. He says, go take the staff and just lay it on the boy. And she falls at the feet of Elisha. She says, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I didn't ask for this son. I didn't ask for it. You said I was going to have it, and you prayed, you spoke it, and now I have a son, and now he's dead? Uh-uh. I'm not leaving here till you do. How many of you know that when God gives us a blessing, the enemy wants to try and steal it? He wants to try and take it? Dreams, visions. Sometimes you just got to grab a hold of the feet of the Lord. You're seated in authority, Lord. And I'm laying hold of your feet right now. And I'm not going to let go until I see your power move in this situation. Amen. Amen. So the prophet gets there. He goes up in the room. The, ba the boy's laying there. The Bible says he, he walked over to him. He put his face down upon him. His eyes upon his eyes. His hands upon his hands. 
and he breathed inside. And when that breath started going inside of the boy, his body started warming up. So the prophet gets up and he walks around the house a while, walks around, walks around, says he goes back and does it once again. And all of a sudden, this boy sneezes seven times. And Elisha says, go get mommy. Go get mommy. <laughs> Why well, need sneezes in eight, eight patterns of eights? I, I sneeze in patterns of tens. Anyway, <laughs> what's your sneeze pattern? Seven. And <laughs> the boy sneezed seven times and got, he, he, he came to life. He says, go tell the mama. He's alive. And I want to tell you something. I believe that there's a lot of things. Maybe you've got dreams. You've got visions. Things that not just you want to do, but God's put it in your spirit. And it seems like the enemy has tried to destroy it. Take the life out of it. I believe today that God is telling us, and not just for those here today, we're preparing for the next week. See, she was making all these plans for something that she didn't even know she was going to need. Are you with me? When she was offering a meal and doing all the, the things that she spent money on and time on and everything came back to her with the birth of a son and the resurrection of a son. And when you're a house that's made room for miracles and supernaturals, occurrences, there's no limits to what God can do. So this morning, I, I told you I wasn't going to keep you long, and I'm not. But I believe that maybe there's somebody here today, there's some of you that just say, you know what? Kind of knocked down. <laughs> kind of knocked me back a couple of steps because I thought this was happening. I thought this was going to happen. But it's, it's, it's taken, it's not good right now. I want you to first of, all, first of all say, God, what you've given me is well. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstances, I'm trusting in you, and I'm going to believe you for a miracle, for supernatural turnaround in the name of Jesus. Supernatural turnaround in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, if you're here this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. If you say, I need, I need a turnaround right now. I want you to see somebody today. We're going to do this as a body. I was going to, I just feel like maybe you need to do that. Go to somebody you're believing God for. I, I, Lonzo, I didn't even know you were going to be here this morning, but to, when I was preparing this, <laughs> I just felt like today was going to be a turnaround day. you're not standing could you go to somebody that is in faith believing today that there's going to be a turnaround father over each and every one of those that are standing today the enemy has gotten in the way he's tried to take the life out of everything that you've put within these individuals I don't know what their need is this morning but I know one thing we've been preparing for the miraculous we have been a people that believe you, God, for the supernatural to take place. We have been talking about the word of faith and the dimension of faith that has dominion over the natural. Amen. 
and we take dominion over the things that are pressing around about us today that are trying to destroy and steal and kill. We thank you, God, today that we take authority and you are seated on the throne today. You are in authority over every situation. And by the word of the Lord, we speak today that it comes to life. Resurrection power. Healing. Miracles. Provision. Supply. In Jesus' name, we speak it out, Father. We speak it out over those that we mentioned earlier, over uh, Rhonda and Les's daughter-in-law, Sarah, today. We speak life today. We come against whatever infection is within her body and we speak healing. Yes. We thank you, Lord, that you're continuing to raise up uh, Lane, that you're giving him, uh, causing him to move by leaps and bounds, Father. And I thank you today, God, that this is a turnaround day for Pat. Yes. Turnaround day for Pat. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. We're grateful for what's taking place. We're thankful for, God, for what's happened. Yes. We know that we have to do in the natural those things to exercise in the muscles. But, Father, I speak supernatural ability within her to be able to do those things. Amen. And I thank you, God, that your hand is upon all the family. Yes. That they are as that woman that says, it's well. <laughs> it is well. We're holding on. It's well. Amen. It's well. And over this church and what you've desired to do through this congregation, I thank you, Lord, that we will not be moved by things of the past, the things that have been hindrances, the things that have been one step forward and two steps back. We, we thank you, God, right now that it's turned around. Situation is turned around in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for a turnaround within our community. Thank you, God, that what has been important in the past that we thought was the success and the prosperity of a community, that there is a turnaround and there's a move of God within individuals that have that, uh, the, 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 the means to change it. And we thank you for a change of heart within them. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you within this nation that there are things that are turning around. There's a turnaround in Hollywood. There's a turnaround in entertainment. There's a turnaround in sports. There's a turnaround in, in medicine. We thank you. In the education, Father, turn it around in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your divine power and your divine plan to be released. We know that we're living in the last days. We know that we have a short time to do what we've got to do. May we... May we be vigilant and diligent, Father, to do those things, we ask. And I'm believing you, Lord, right now for, for testimonies to come back. Testimonies to, be, to come back that you perform miracles. Miracles today. Miracles. In Jesus' name. Turn to somebody and say, it's well. It's well. It's well. It is well. Hallelujah. God's good, isn't he? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that uh, everything that you've called us to do, you've always provided when we put our eyes and our trust in you. Thank you, God, that before I was ever here, 
that when this small gathering of people got together, there was a tongues and interpretation. Brother Boone uh, said that the gave the word of the Lord says, "I will provide." And you always have. And we're trusting that you always will. Father, we lay claim to every prophetic word that is spoken over the destiny of this church and the purpose of this church is fulfilled. May we get our eyes in the, in the realm of faith, our faith to begin to lay hold and bring those things into, into to our midst into manifestation. We believe it and we agree upon it in the name of Jesus, and everyone say, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.